0: Oh, that's me. Excuse me. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. How's everybody doing tonight? I'd like to welcome to the stage the lyrically acclaimed. I like this young man. So everybody in the house, give a warm. Round of applause for
1: the Peach and Black Podcast.
0: Your central place to hear unofficial news and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC.
2: He's going for gold. In this track. The captain. If
1: anyone knows me, I love 80s. Classic rubbish. Pop. Leia, it's kind
3: of interesting where he was at that point in his life. OJ word I've got here with is It's just sappy. And
0: other special guests. Hey
4: everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast.
2: Welcome back to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello everybody, it's MC, your host. And welcome back to a big, big, gigantic, enormous, hopefully very, very awesome <laughs> episode of the Peach and Black Podcast. Podcast. Let me introduce the panel: Toe Jam, Yo Player. Yeah, I bought my foot spray. And Mister Captain,
1: forget you.
2: <laughs> we are all here. It is uh, the official and original Pigeon Black podcast panel, direct into your ear drum <laughs> and into your headphones. If you're listening on headphones, um, we are back, and uh, I've back got th- three through- back from uh, NYC what <laughs> exactly we we were there where to begin well for all the fans listening uh, everyone listening to the show and all the fans out there you guys know that the last few weeks have been pretty massive uh, from the point of view of you know uh, press conferences uh, tour announcements, shows, uh, news bits, media bites, gossip—all sorts of stuff, uh, all sorts of great stuff happening. And um, we're going to—we're not going to
4: talk
2: you... <laughs> about any of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. We're going to bring you a. a um, this is an exclusive episode uh, for more reasons than one. Um, you can consider this your uh, entry into the the purple universe. From one point of view, um, but it's also yeah, a whole lot of fun um, and hopefully a lot of humour. So let's get straight into it. Where do we begin? What's what's probably the biggest thing that's happened in months? A press conference. Uh, there was a press conference held at the Apollo Theatre in Harlem, NYC. Um, in the rain. Exactly, in the rain, and yeah. to a packed out house, a lot of people got in there, and the cool thing about it was that it was open to the people. But before we get into that, let's just make it clear, if you haven't been listening up until this point, that Peach and Black, the Peach and Black podcast was present, we were there, we were outside the Apollo Theatre, and then very quickly... We were, quickly, outside, we were we outside,
4: outside, we were outside, were <laughs> outside...
2: <laughs> we were in the backside. We went down into the um, the Apollo Theater itself, into the stalls area, all around, and and basically uh, everywhere, all through the Apollo Theater, really, backstage, you name it. Uh, a few things before we get into this ridiculously amazing special episode, uh, just a couple of things I want to say. Number one, Peach and Black Podcast was invited to New York City. And we obliged, we were, and still are, very grateful for the invitation. We appreciated it then, we appreciated it during, and we appreciate it now. And we, we made sure that we can make it there, uh, make our presence known. So that's one thing to mention. Another thing to mention is that basically, from the press conference to all the hype and hoopla and, and the feedback afterwards... Um, you know, we we were there. So, if uh, probably all, any of the questions that you guys have got or are curiosities you're thinking to yourself, you're thinking to yourself now, what 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 were these guys there for? What what happened? What what you know, all that kind of stuff. All your questions will be answered. Um, and and a big thank you to the powers of B to make this that have made this happen. Um, and that's about it. Let's get straight into it. Um, okay. Yeah. So, Captain, let me yeah. ask. you. Let me ask you a a quick question. What exactly happened on Thursday, October the 14th in Harlem? Um, Captain went to Burger King.
1: (laughs) That's the big news, guys. I did. It's pretty much opposite the Apollo Theater. (laughs) And I did stop there. I stopped there as well. You did. I got this massive iced coffee. Oh, it was nice.
2: Just to wake up. Pre, pre-press pre conference, yeah. I remember visiting the bathroom and a kind gentleman let me through because he, I looked like I was more in need of in rest need. at the restroom <laughs> than he was. So uh, again, he obliged me. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, so um, we had a nice I, nice little pit stop it there. It was raining.
1: It was it, raining. It was lot raining. Lot. We, visit, <laughs> we
2: visited some record shops there. Uh, you know, as you do... Just, well, just...
1: apparently the only record store in Harlem, according to
2: the owner. Yeah, so they say. Uh, I think they might have been pulling our leg then. But, um, yeah, we We were just having a look around, having a browse around. Obviously, we went past the um, alphabetized section, went straight to P just to have a look at what they had there. Only official releases, um, which is a little bit surprising. Uh, I've heard that a lot of the record shops in the US kind of have a a a wider range, if you will, than uh, than just what's available in Australia. I'm sure we could
1: have found them if we had a bit more time to go searching. But
2: are you talking bootlegs here? Uh, What boot? What? We don't
1: talk bootlegs on this show.
2: (laughs) But we should mention that, and I don't know if this is an official fact, but Prince is either the most bootlegged artist um, of his generation or at least in the last few decades, or one of the most bootleg artists. Yeah, we, we, were, we were just, you know, having a browse, curious to see what was on the streets. Isn't like, all that stuff sort of done online now? Like, Shh, I don't.
3: I, <laughs> no, but, I mean,
2: like... <laughs> Internet, <yeah>. don't
3: <laughs> But you'd be pretty hard-pressed to find bootlegs in a record store, true? Bootlegs
2: are hard-pressed, aren't they? Oh, uh, bad pun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, oh,
1: okay. <laughs> I mean you, you can't get it pressed.
2: We weren't only curious about bootleg recordings. We were curious about what kind of um, print cities the, the record stores held there. I mean, I thought to myself, as I was looking through, oh, I'm sure they'll have Purple Rain, I'm sure they'll have Diamonds and Pearls, I'm sure they'll have this or that, and um, well, that's exactly what they had. You know, they had the, the more well-known commerci- commercial releases, I guess you'd call them, um, but I thought, you know, well, wouldn't it be cool if they had something more obscure like, uh, oh, I don't know. Chris Kama Sutra, maybe, <laughs> or Crystal Ball, of The Truth. You never know when you're going to need a copy yep. of Kama Sutra, do you? Just, no. Exactly. <laughs>
1: you never <James> know.
2: Morning, you might just need a copy of Kama Sutra right now. Um, so we... Um, he, we didn't find any of that, but we we went on the search, uh, and it was interesting nonetheless. We've probably got a bigger range of Prince recordings in Australia, but hey, when we go back to New York one day, we'll have a, uh, a different experience. So then uh, let's let's head to the Apollo Theater across the street, across the road from Burger King. Um, yeah. past some a few people selling uh, mixtapes and CDs on the side of the road. It's raining. And there is a ton of people standing outside in the rain. We uh, snuck through, ended up sneaking through some of the security guards, uh, very nonchalantly and um and uh, <laughs> with, walked... with your peach of black shirts. Without <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, we yeah. had our peach of black shirts on, so if anyone um if anyone saw us outside, hit us up, let us know. If you got some pictures, better no, yet think, still.
1: I, I think a few people did see us there.
2: Yeah. Few people have mentioned they saw us. So then we uh, we took a f- couple of flights of stairs down below the Apollo Theatre and ended up taking a, a couple of seats um, in a, in a corner of a very dimly lit room that smelt curiously of lavender, some sort of lavender citrus mix. Am I right, Captain? I can't remember. My I nose was blocked. Uh, a little
1: bit. I think it's called incense and candles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, we were seated. Pretty much directly behind a curtained area that was closed off for uh Wait, walks. Jeffrey Canada walked in first and took a seat behind us and just kind of chilled for a little bit uh, until the smoke cloud parted.
4: <laughs>
2: Down the stairs came Mister Prince Rogers Nelson in all black, pretty much. Well, whatever he wore at the press conference, he was in his press conference yeah. gear. Uh, came down, shook uh, hands with uh, Jeffrey Canada, and um, and they were pretty much off. So you know the crowd was raiding the hi- waiting at that point. The hype was building. I Should also mention that um, while we were there, just chilling, chilling in Australian, <laughs> Esperanza Spalding was playing on the background. Her new album, Chamber Music Society, I believe, and that that was really cool to hear. I hadn't heard that
4: mm. uh,
2: by that stage, and that sounded really cool. But I, I definitely want to pick up a copy to. To see how different it is from her first album, but anyway, onto the press conference. Uh, things started up very quickly. We ended up uh, having a seat towards the back of the theatre with a very, very clear view of the stage. And Captain, tell us a little bit about what happened.
1: Pretty much everything you saw on the video of the press conference happened.
2: <laughs> yeah, so basically, Prince came out. Uh, he started Prince up the press. came out,
1: said his thing.
2: Started yeah. up the press conference.
3: Very mysterious. It was very mysterious because everyone online was. Saying, what was that all about? They would know, why coming out of it?
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it really, it, 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 it set up some hype
3: about uh, yeah, it did. some live it did shows. But really, when you think about it, it, it is pretty clear. He is doing gigs in the New York area. It's not actually a residency, but it's in the New yeah. York area. Well, which is we, kind of like a residen- residency. Like, if you anywhere in the world, if you go to New York, you're going to catch these gigs in December. And yeah. all the ticket sales, or they're going to auction off this gold guitar. Hmm. And the money's gonna to go to yeah. this um this organization that Jeffrey Canada's running, which is really, really good. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's so really it's
2: fantastic. it's obviously uh for a very good cause, uh, yeah. you know, the the auctionable item and and the and the charity um charity money so to speak. So so that's good to hear. But but he announced he announced it in a way. Uh, so that people got excited about it, but didn't know the details. Now they, they, when I say they, you yeah. know, Prince and his people may not have known the precise details anyway. But I can tell you that the people in the audience were like literally on their feet when he started announcing live shows. You know, it was it was like instantaneous. Virtually everyone there, you could tell, was was like, what, 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 when, how, why, how can I get that kind of thing? So it was, um, yeah. I think it's funny how um, he talked about him being the Master of Ceremonies, and there's these
5: people online afterwards thinking, oh, I'm not going to go. He's just going to be an MC. It's like as if he's just going to be an MC. He's going to be the main card. Yeah. Uh, so anyone who's listening, thinking, "Oh, I'm not going to go." Man, he's going to be the main card. He'll have an awesome. I don't know. My my guess is the way it's going to work is he'll have a kick-ass uh, support act, mm. uh, which is some of the artists he mentioned. And then and how could you not,
2: show. considering the artists he mentioned? Yeah.
5: Oh yeah, yeah. So like, don't take him literally when he says he's just going to be an MC. He's not going to be standing up there with a microphone narrating the show. <laughs> <And>
3: now,
5: <laughs> thank it's you.
3: you now. Oh, uh, next coming up is our bad <laughs> 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 There's only one MC around here.
2: That that was that was definitely uh, like I said, it was my, mysterious, ambiguous, but I think it did its point. Or he made his point, I should say, with the funky foot spray line, uh,
3: and <laughs> well, and just it's, it's made everyone aware about this um, waiting for Superman documentary as well. Like I had no idea about it. I think a lot of people are checking it out now.
2: So. Yeah, I, I we we definitely hadn't heard from it. We should point out that obviously coming from Australia. It yeah, doesn't release to. Yeah, it, it doesn't doesn't mean that we that we're not aware of things that happen overseas, but in, I mean, in some cases we're not. But even in, in when we are, like player said, that we don't always get re- the release. The releases don't always happen at the same time. So we obviously there's there's usually a lag. Um, I, think, I
3: think the documentary in the states had a limited release anyway. So okay. in Australia, mm. we'll probably get it in, on DVD in about six months time. But when it comes out, I'll be definitely checking it out.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, I, I checked out the trailer for it. Yeah, Um
3: YouTube, yeah. Yeah, and it,
2: it it looks like a... It's fascinating. Yeah. It's, a, c- it's
3: fascinating that a, a such a developed country like America has, a, in this day and age, like, uh, you know, an education system the way it does. I mean, there's plenty of countries in the same sort of boat, but you think in America that, you know, it'd be a lot, um, you know, more advanced than what it is, so... Yeah, and think, what really like what we're, we're talking about is... is
2: is is the education system obviously and yeah potentially how unequal or how undeveloped it is in a developed nation? Yeah, I think the work
3: that he's doing is is fantastic and and Prince highlighting it is is a good thing because it's just getting the the awareness out there.
2: Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, the that press conference would have been uh, publicised around the world yeah uh, not only in the US mm. so it's a gr- it's great publicity for that now again uh, we haven't seen the the feature film or the feature documentary um but the idea behind it c- certainly sounds interesting and sounds like one of those like a like a genuine attempt to not only educate the audience but potentially move um the people but more importantly move politicians and 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 people of of considerable power to make uh, decisions, you yeah. know, within the U.S. It seems um, specifically about the education system, and and that's great to highlight at a press conference where you announce that you're going to be doing shows, that you're going to be playing live music again in the near future. So so that's great, and I'm I'm sure Jeffrey uh, Canada, I can't speak on behalf of him, but I'm sure he would have been you know thrilled at the opportunity to stand up there in front of the in front of the, the Apollo Theatre and, and the and the world, basically, to talk about his cause. So um, we're we're mentioning it on the show, and um, we wouldn't be mentioning it if it didn't make sense to us, and and we didn't think it was a good cause, so there you go. Definitely. Uh, Get your black say, stay in school. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Stephen Hill was present. Stephen Hill of BET, Stephen Hill most famous in the Prince community, as not only uh, a, a, you know the main man behind BET EVP executive vice president and um, I believe director for, uh, programming. for programming that's right director of programming was present he introduced Prince we we have to mention and he and he told a few stories about how the first prince concerts he ever saw were in the early 80s and and that he's been you know a fan of his ever since that he's been following him whenever he can as recently as attending the nice shows I believe in France. Uh, and and um, by Stephen's own admission, they were absolutely mind blowing. Um, so, so that was great to hear. That that um.
5: And he's also the guy supposedly that sorted out this lifetime achievement award.
2: Exactly. Yes. Uh, yeah. It was what only a couple of months ago. So. Yeah, yeah. Stephen Hill was 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 basically, uh, as far as we know, the mastermind behind that.
1: And he'd been trying for years to make it happen.
4: Mm.
2: I was just going to say, yeah, and finally getting... It seems like the perfect time and place. You've got this new artist, Janelle Monet, Esperanza Spalding coming into her own, Alicia Keys almost seems like a veteran in the industry, and then and then coming to a veteran, <laughs> speaking of veterans, Patti LaBelle um, closing out the, perform- the performance. Oh, she's
5: in... definitely a veteran. She <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> was thinking um, about this. I wonder if this whole Welcome to America concept was already planned back then, or whether he was kind of inspired by that whole tribute and then he's gone about getting them uh, for the Welcome to America then. So, interesting.
1: Well, here's something interesting. Um, the posters which everyone's seen, like Prince with the with the black base, those pictures were only taken four days before the press conference.
2: <laughs> those pictures were apparently taken by Stephen Hill after the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. <laughs> oh, you guys ain't gonna do nothing with this, are you? Ah, oh, I think I'll just take these. Oh, I, I'll take that one too. <laughs> 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 I almost fell off my seat. If it wasn't raining, I think we would have taken some as well.
1: That so been then he finishes,
3: and then he plays a video, and then he disappears into the night. Basically. Well, that's, well, that's First,
1: first, first, they played Rich France,
3: but um, <laughs> didn't I? I, remember, I read something on uh, the forums that they
5: played some video from London. Uh, 2007. They, they did that. Uh, fi-
2: that finished the press conference. Yeah.
5: There seems to be a bit of confusion about whether that was from the Opus documentary that never saw the light of day, or whether it was a complete concert. Or can you guys clarify that?
2: Well, I can clarify that it wasn't that it wasn't a complete concert that was shown. It was a it was a short clip. Um, but as far it as was, where it, was it was came guitar? from, this uh,
1: guitar. Take me with you. Controversy was that it.
2: I believe that was it. Yeah. Guitar, take me with You controversy. It was definitely from O2 02 London, 2007. Yeah, um, but yeah, um, we 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 weren't given any information as to exactly what 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 where that was from. You wouldn't imagine it was from a DVD. Um,
5: yeah, there seems to be a bit of speculation that it's from a, a, an upcoming um, DVD, but I don't know. I can't see that happening myself. Like he's played this I, kind of I
4: thing think, before. I think the
3: confusion so. was wasn't Stephen Hill asking someone to cue the
2: DVD to play the footage
4: yeah and and, and i so think
3: people took the word dvd and think that it's coming from an official dvd that's egg, exa- exactly
2: exactly I, I my guess would be that is exactly the case you know that obviously they were showing the footage on some sort of medium or from some sort of media and, and a dvd would appear to
1: What's be that, that media,
2: that media. But, but whether it's official or not, we'll know. Um, you know, would be nice that, though,
5: Of course, mm. if it happens, that'd be nice. But,
2: well, um, it wouldn't be as nice as the Montreux DVD, but uh, <laughs> a, a little more on that later. Um, so yeah, they're going to release
1: a, a London O2 DVD three years after. That's just mm. not going to happen.
2: You never know. I'd love to be proved wrong. <laughs> One thing that I will mention. Um, Although Peach and Black were all over the shop, you know, we were in the theatre, we were downstairs, we were backstage, we were running around trying to figure out what was going on. W- one thing we did notice was that everyone actually stayed to watch the footage. And, um, yeah. and and it was a full house the minute we got back after the video was turned off. So everyone had seen it. And um, the reaction seemed to be really cool. It's, and, and people were obviously... Um, watching it, enjoying it, but then also thinking, "Oh man, how cool would it be to finally get to see some shows in the U.S.?" Um, because obviously that footage was from London, and that's about all that I remember. Captain, have you got anything to add?
1: I think I th- it was cool. After the videos and people started leaving, a lot of the media went out like into the foyer there and were interviewing people. Oh, that's right, yeah. And I really wanted to jump in front of one of the cameras with the peach and black shirt. <laughs> But, but um, we Restrain had places yourself. to be, so we had to leave, which was unfortunate, because I could have exposed Pigeon Black to the world.
2: Oh, you mm. media you, you could have done an expose, Captain,
5: on Pigeon Black. <laughs> uh, I was just going to say that um, I think showing the London shows was just a taste of, look, this is what a big arena show is going to look like kind of thing. Mm.
4: Mm. Mm.
5: Which is supposedly what his, um, his shows
3: could be like. But better. In America.
1: Bigger <laughs> is better.
3: That was it. That
2: was basically it, yeah. Uh, it we came back to the hotel for you guys. Well, before it was back to the hotel, we did walk through a massive crowd of people, that, some of whom were being interviewed. What else, what else, okay, what else? Okay, so
1: we left the theatre, we yeah. went back to the hotel, and yeah. who did we see in the lift?
2: <laughs> hang on, hang on. Out of all the hotels in New York, of which there are many, we should highlight. Thousands.
1: <laughs> many, many, many.
3: You had to happen to stay in the same hotel...
1: We got into the elevator, and there were Me a couple of other people in there. And I i didn't recognize anyone. But and, I did. And then the doors open, and an M- and MC says, Cora! I think that was Cora!
2: <laughs> and Captain <laughs> says,
1: Huh? What? Huh? Are we on the right floor? <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea.
5: I <laughs> uh, wonder what she was doing there. No, uh, we've actually done some research on this. Um, Since and it turns out she was in New York for some BET, I believe so. Uh, yeah. Black Black Girls Rock. That's right. Some commemorative band,
4: mm-hmm. uh, which
5: I never, uh, haven't seen much more. But yeah, supposedly that's what she was there for. Completely
4: uh, unrelated. Non related.
2: related. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, yeah, it, it is amazing, and and that was that. We went back to the hotel thinking, okay, we've been to the press conference. That's which it. was which was cool but mysterious. We almost bumped into Cora Coleman Dunham, which was cool but mysterious. And um, <laughs> now we got and back to the hotel. I
1: remember we really thought, you know, there's gonna be a sh- there's gonna be a show tonight. Yeah, we thought there was gonna why be a show. Else, why else? Why else would you be here?
2: When all of a sudden we get a phone call from uh, NASA. Big shout out to NASA first of all, who uh, gave us that that 9 p.m. The 9 o'clock phone call. Hang on, who,
3: who is NASA? Can, can we clarify
2: this? We get a phone call from NASA, who is a part of Princess Security and was Princess Security for the uh, New York visit, who said, who, uh, who asked us what we were doing that night and we, we didn't have too many plans. We were already back at the hotel and then basically said, you know, come out and hang with us. So uh, we couldn't believe it. So uh, we. <laughs> and Captain fell off the bed and I had to pick him up. <laughs> <laughs> but okay. um, much detail. so we ended up making arrangements to make our way down downtown to a, a bar. Can we name the bar?
1: Lex Bar.
2: We went down to Le- Lex Bar to um, have a, a quick meeting with uh, Mr. Prince Rogers Nelson, Mr. Stephen Hill from BET, and Mr. Nelson Metcalf and Crystal. Actually, we should. we greeted by Crystal, who runs the bar there, and she made us very welcome. Uh, showed us to where we would be seated for the rest of the night and we just sat there and waited and lo and behold probably about 10 15 minutes later um another familiar face joins us Mr Stephen Hill from BET a big shout out and a hello to Stephen if you're listening But hang on hang on he's at the table with you
5: with you he's not just he's yeah. there he he's he's there sitting with you guys
2: Yeah 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 he's chilling with yeah. us Stephen Hill Stephen Hill is chilling with the Pitch and Black podcast of course as if he, as if he wouldn't be as if, right. as if he'd have anything else, else to do that night. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, so that was awesome. Um, and Stephen was great. We had a we had a, we exchanged a few funny remarks. And DJ Calcutta. And DJ Calcutta. How could we forget the oh, uh, captain, the beautiful, the beautiful,
1: beautiful right? and talented DJ Calcutta
2: on the oh, wheels dude. of steel. I believe she oh. was spinning vinyl. Yeah. Oh, who knows? Uh, she was playing some some really funky songs. Um, some of which we'll get into a. Uh, very shortly uh, and basically set the scene perfectly for the grand entrance by none other than uh, mr. Prince Rogers Nelson and NASA Medcalf they showed up a little after 11 that night and uh, Prince and NASA uh, made their way to the corner of Bar. Where uh, the three of us were, were sitting, waiting, waiting for them, and we introduced each other, introduced ourselves, I should say, pleasantries and small talk aside, we all sat down, ordered some water, and basically just had a chat. It was really, really, really cool. I think it's safe to say, Captain, if I can speak on behalf of the, of the two of us and on behalf of the Pigeon Black podcast, that it was just a brilliant meeting, uh, well organised, and it went like a breeze. I have to say, yeah. but. Uh, But from what we can remember of it, and obviously the things we're going to mention now, it's just a pleasure and an honor, in fact, to talk to Prince and also to have Stephen Hill and NASA there. Just basically, it was a blast. So, thank you to the powers that be, and we very much appreciate it. But, on to the conversation, we definitely have a few interesting things uh, on the tips of our tongues that we're going to discuss, and some interesting things that were mentioned and in fact, a few very, very, um, very funny scenarios that we found ourselves in during the night. So, uh, everyone, hold on to your wigs because it's about to get funky and funny. Hopefully,
5: I want to say first of all. So, let's just set the scene. You're sitting at a table with Prince Stephen Hill, uh, this NASA
2: guy. Literally, that's what it was. It was, it was uh, Prince to the left of of me, just opposite Captain. We got Stephen Hill. Directly opposite, all three of us, and then NASA sitting on on the far end, uh, just around a little little table, sipping water and chatting away. So just to set the scene, that's that's basically how it was for about an hour or so. And, Love um, to the left of me, and yeah, that Good was cool. Song. I,
5: I want to know: does he listen to us? Does he listen to our show?
2: Well, it's funny you should <laughs> ask that <laughs> because Captain, you you asked that question, didn't you?
1: Yeah, I asked him later. So, do you listen to the show? And he said, yes.
5: Yes! (laughs) That wasn't Prince, by the way. That was me saying, yeah, he listens to
1: the show. He said he listened to the Top 20 show, and he's listened to a few others as well. So, I said, are you a a regular listener? And he said, I I wouldn't say I'm a regular listener, but I've listened to a few shows.
2: Which Which was, yeah, it was great to hear that that confirms for us that he's that he's heard a few episodes.
1: Uh, I think I think he's listened to more than he was saying though. I think I think he's listened you know, to no. every single show. Well, he's that, got him on his, that, I reckon he's got it all queued up they, in his limo. Every time he's in the limo he's playing Feature Black podcast.
2: Well, you know, that might be not too far from the truth, but he might just be playing the first like minute or so. He might just be jamming to shoot the duck. And you know, I wonder yeah. I wonder if there's if there's a chance, and the way the universe works so mysteriously, you never know, but is, is there a chance that we might hear a bit of a shoot-the-duck jam at, uh, at a show sometime in the future? That would be ridiculous, because that's a funky tune, and they play funky music, so why not mix it in, I say. When we spoke about our top 20 Prince songs of all time episode, that was a blast, because Prince, Prince had obviously heard that show but Stephen was a laugh I mean that <laughs> he was just beaming the whole time he hadn't heard of this of this vote we did where we had you know thousands of voters voting for their favourite Prince songs of all time and he was like oh, where was I in all this I want to vote on my, my favourite songs
5: yeah it's a shame Stephen you could have broken some of those ties that we had Good one. I,
2: exactly a <laughs> door yeah. would have probably been higher up on the list and Erotic City um we mentioned the Top 20 show, not all of the results, but we obviously mentioned when Dovescroy came in at number one and, you know, S- Stephen didn't look too surprised, but then I absolutely gushed about the number nine track and I totally forgot, like Prince is sitting right next to me. He's so basically, <laughs> we were basically rubbing knees and I just went into... Like fam mode. <laughs> I was like, oh, I said to Stephen, hey man, she's always in my hair. Came in at number nine. Can you believe that? That's a B side. Oh, I love that song. How amazing is it? <laughs> and and Stephen was completely on board with me. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's a great song. We I'm like going to jam into the bass line. And Stephen also said, oh, you know, yeah, Mountains. Mountains was amazing live in Europe this year. You know, did, did that come that into the top 20? And we said, four. Well, funnily enough, amazingly the song mountains came in at number 20 and he couldn't believe it. His jaw dropped. And he's like, Oh wow. One thing I didn't mention that I, I'm really kicking myself over was that I, I didn't mention one episode specifically. And I was going to say to him, you've obviously listened to the Sydney opera house challenge, right?
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: but I didn't say that. And like I said, I've been regretting it ever since, but, um, if you're listening, <laughs> what did you think of that show? And, and, you know, hit us back just to chat about that one. But um, then we moved on to a multitude of topics. Uh, we should also say that uh, we were joined uh, fairly early into the evening by um, Jennifer and Misty. A couple of dancers. Very nice dancers. Misty, Misty
1: Copeland from the Crimson and Clover video. Yeah, She's on the Welcome to America poster. poster.
2: Exactly. Um, Which, and you know, Jennifer,
1: I don't know who you are. Let us know who you are.
2: <laughs> which uh,
1: Find us and let us know who you are.
2: Which I have to say, I, I feel embarrassed by admitting I didn't recognize, I didn't recognize um, Mrs. Copeland, uh, but she was definitely in attendance and, um, and having a good time. But yeah, we look, we moved through a multitude of subjects, uh, so let's just go through them. After we spoke about our show, we started speaking about his shows and about the press conference and about... Um, the shows that they announced We we spoke a little bit about the music industry And we'll get into that uh, later on But look, some of the artists he mentioned That were going to play As part of the Welcome to America shows uh, We also talked about a little bit um, With him So the name Janelle Monáe came up countless times Captain um, mm. sp- Specifically we we spoke about Her performance of Tightrope on On The Letterman Show And how ridiculously funky And just out of this world it was yeah, <laughs> if you remember that, and 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 he was in agreement, uh, and in fact mentioned that he shows it at, at at his place back at back at the house or back at the mansion. He shows
1: it to <laughs> everyone.
2: Shows it to everyone who comes around. So that was really cool. cool it's a great know. performance. oh yeah. yeah, she blows it out the park. Yeah. I mean, if, just if, no, if nobody has seen
3: it, it's on YouTube. So just look it up.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: and you'll you'll know what we're talking about.
2: Yeah, and 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 it's great that that again YouTube. Exists for for many reasons, but one, one of them is the, the performance of Tightrope by Janelle Monae because you know that hasn't been taken down by her people, and um, yeah, she's getting a lot of hits. Not only for that, but just in general, so it's a great promotional. It's tool just for Prince.
1: Her. That's just Prince keeps showing it to people.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Prince's account. <laughs> Maybe yeah. You never know. So she's conf- she's confirmed to play at these America shows. Obviously, she, she is confirmed. Yeah, she will definitely be be making an appearance or appearances with her band. Um, now, okay. yeah, as as you guys might be aware, Janelle Monae and her band have actually jammed with Prince back at Paisley Park. So um, uh, you never know what you're gonna get coming to these shows. Uh, anything could happen, which is one of the reasons mm-hmm. it would be great for the four of us to to um to be there. But obviously. Um, being in the U.S., we, we're just going to keep our fingers crossed for a, a tour closer to home. But for everyone in the U.S., you know, whether you're West Coast, Central, or East Coast, you've got to make your way to these shows because uh, I'm salivating at the thought. But, yeah.
1: what Talking else? about Janelle Monáe, mm-hmm. she's coming to Australia in February, 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 I
2: think. Yeah, along with a few other people. And, CeeLo and and is coming. Erica Badu. Erica Badu. Celo CeeLo Green is coming. Yes.
3: Yes. Oh. He's on the same bill. Oh. It's the uh, Good I Vibes Fest. CeeLo Green, yeah. Janelle Monáe, Erica Badu, Nas, Khalees,
2: they're all coming. They're playing a festival, Good Vibrations Festival in Australia, but the thing is uh, that I believe that Janelle Monáe opened up for Erica Badu on Erica's recent um, US and Canadian tour, etc. So if if Erica's touring with Janelle Monáe opening, I am their front row going off. Yeah. Because I've been an Erica, Erica fan for a long time, but yeah. Janelle Monáe would be awesome. What a, what a double bill, right? Yeah.
1: So I said so, to Prince, I said, Janelle Monáe's coming to Australia in February. Any chance you'll be coming with her?
0: And that
4: was the response I
1: got. <laughs> 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 he sort of paused for a second and then started talking about something else. So, so
4: yeah, no, no answer on no, that.
5: No, no, no scoop there. I think that's fair enough on his behalf too, because... Obviously, if things are, whether they are or aren't in the works, if he says, yes, we're coming, and then it, for whatever reason he can't, then
1: he, he well, looks... Well, think about it. He, he couldn't confirm dates which are only in December. He's not going to confirm yeah. dates in February. That's
5: right. So exactly, yeah. I I, the fact that. that he didn't blatantly say no is gives us some hope.
2: Well, the other thing is that... Uh-huh. They they like we, surprises. We should consider that, considering the um, the recent astronomical climb of the Australian currency against the US that there's a very that, that's that's always so come good. on down yeah definitely come down under now's now's come a better on, come time down than ever make some money but yeah Jan-
1: Janelle Monet faster Janelle? came on the oh, DJ right. Calcutta played uh faster yep definitely. and Prince liked it
2: yeah he, he made a point of it he made a point of it he started playing rhythm guitar remember he he looked at me and he kind of he he, he shook his head um uh vertically and said, "Yeah, yeah, check that out." And 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 obviously, I knew what song that was. I've been spinning her album uh, fairly often. Uh, so I just nodded at, "Yeah, yeah," you know, that that that's funky. And um, and he, Prince then mentioned that that um, he he agreed with us and said he was a massive fan of hers, um, and said that she was doing really well and that she's only going to get bigger as 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 she produces more albums and creates more work. Um, which is a great sign, you know, for, and, and what a sense of encouragement a young artist like Janelle Monáe, um, who undoubtedly has heard that from Prince, you would assume. Um, you know, can can you only imagine what that would do for your inspiration and creativity? She must be just full of confidence, as if she needed it in the first place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, after three or four albums, she's just going to get bigger and better, and, and um, success should, you know, continued success, greater success should come her way for sure um,
1: yeah after a few albums she'll be making some some good money yeah not Purple Rain money but, but some good money <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, yeah but she's she's awesome she's like a female James Brown or something I don't know um, she should she should get more exposure if she gets like a Grammy nomination or, or wins
3: a Grammy like look at Lauren Hill the exposure like, yeah, yeah like once she released her solo album like Pretty much, she was pretty. Well, I don't know. I guess underground with Fuji's when she mm. brought out that that album, the um, Miss Education. Yeah, I mean that really opened up. You know, uh, the exposure to you know who she was and everything. So hopefully, yeah, yeah. that will, the, the same sort of success will come with Janelle as well. Mm. I mean, it's, it's, it'll be a crime if if the the Grammy Board overlooked that album. They they have to recognise it.
2: Yeah, it's a, and even if they don't, it's recognised by. By a lot of people now, I would suggest, I mean, even in Australia, it's getting mad props in the press. I remember Prince saying to us, who else could or would pull that off? You know, she's just like a female James Brown, so that was really cool to hear. Uh, Esperanza, we spoke about Esperanza Spalding a little bit, and how, you know, that she's great too. And, 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 you know, Esperanza's probably on a a different plane, just because of the simple fact that she um, works on different sorts of music. And and really in a, in another creative realm, um, working on her second album, incorporating classical influences with jazz and R and B and chamber music and all that kind of stuff. So, so that was interesting. We we did mention how creative yeah. she was, and
1: she and, doesn't seem to be out there to to make as much money as she can.
2: No, I get the impression with her that it's like
5: um, she's not out there looking for success. Success has just found her because she's so talented. That's a okay. what a great way to put that too. Yeah, that's the yeah. way I, I see her, and that's you know more respect
2: to it for that reason. So. Yeah,
1: well, yeah I she's think, just out uh, there doing whatever she wants to do, and things are happening.
2: It, it appears to me that she she does what she needs to, not only what she wants to, um, and that's the kind of artist she, she appears to be.
1: She doesn't pander.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's exactly right. Success has found her. I thought that was brilliant, um, a brilliant observation on, on Toe Jam's part. Prince did mention that. That she just creates and evolves constantly, and every few months he sees her. She's she's changed. She's a different artist, and that that that's mind blowing to me, because we we as people obviously change, but you know as 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 we evolve and as we as we age, but um it seems to be that she's going through radical changes right now. So um it'll be so interesting to see, and to hear. Uh, and to experience what else she's uh, going to be doing in the future, then Prince goes into a story about how he saw Esperanza sporting at a club, and how she completely blew his mind, which was great to hear about. And and basically, he told us this story about she was playing a set at some place.
1: I think it was. In, I think he said it was in Minneapolis.
2: Was it? Oh, that's right. Yeah, I think she was playing somewhere in Minneapolis, and uh, her set was coming to a close and um this is straight last from prince song. from prince's observation she was playing her the last song and i can't remember the details but she was decked out in in all sorts of interesting uh, clothing and attire and you know really had a sense of of purpose and and an aura about her and she's performing this final song which 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 was left unnamed i should point out um And then a few interesting things started to happen, and I'll try and explain them as best I could, as Prince did on the night. Basically, she, towards the end of her last song, things started coordinating and started happening, um, kind of uh, in tandem with each other. So she would start clicking her fingers to the final beats, and then there came a point right at the end where she started pointing, or she pointed to a candle, and either motioned to or either blew it out, and all the lights went off in the room, and the candle went off, and everything just stopped. And the music—the last note was played—and everything just came to a halt. And that was like the last, very last moment of the entire show. And that was it. That was that's, done. That's cool.
4: So,
5: uh, any? Did he um, talk about any of the other artists that were potentially playing? Maceo.
2: No. We, we didn't no. really. No, we didn't really get into it. Maceo was mentioned. Uh, but not so much as performing at Welcome to America, even though he, he may very well do so.
1: Oh, he uh, asked us what we thought about uh, at the press conference when he played the, the O2 video. Hmm. He said, he asked us, you know, what did you think of the video?
2: Yeah, and we we did end up catching glimpses. Uh, we didn't see the whole thing because we were, we were running around uh, organizing things at the time, but... I remember seeing uh, some sum of controversy, and I think he wasn't he asking us about, about controversy, Captain. He was saying, "Oh, what do you think of that?" And um, he mentioned his favorite part. Oh, he said in his controversy. favorite
1: part was when Maceo came out and did his solo.
2: Yeah, so that that was really cool. To, that was really cool to hear. I'd love to see that because <laughs> I only saw a part of it, but it would be great to see that whole Maceo solo at some point if we get to see that footage. Um, and, and we just we just spoke about pretty much. Uh, about all the new acts coming out, and and I think uh, from memory I mentioned how many of the many of the acts coming out are untested from a live point of view. You know, back in the day in fifties, sixties, seventies, etc., even in the eighties, bands would have time to experiment, to hone their craft, to go out in front of an audience and do one, two, three, four, five tours. Now it's like you put all your energy and promotion into one album. Uh, you go out on the road and. And it, it's not only the case that some acts don't have great live abilities, but even those that do or have potential as as live performers don't have the opportunity to do it. Like I said, they're untested. You know, so they're doing live shows without really having the experience behind them, um, but still making plenty of money and plenty of and, and having a lot of success with with tours. Uh, And without getting into controversies of live music versus lip-sync shows and all that kind of stuff or, um, you know, playing to a track, to a backing track in some cases. um, Auto-tune. Yeah. Basically, I, I, I mentioned that it doesn't make sense how all of this happens and how they get deals and it becomes successful. I understand how it happens, but it doesn't make sense to me in my mind. You know, where's the artistry? but the industry's changed. Stephen Hill I believe mentioned um George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic and you know they're still yeah. they're still touring now. Whether they have to or not we're not sure, but they're out there doing their thing constantly um and I'm sure part of it is is you know commercially it brings in um revenue and it makes them relevant to new audiences and and part of it must be that they just love what they do which is great, but I mean, a band like Parliament and, you know, Parliament Funkadelic, these guys have been, not only have been around for a while, but they are the real deal, you know, and it's like, you know, we're not going to start naming acts, but there are plenty of new people coming around, I wouldn't spend my money on them, my hard-earned cash, Uh, but you know, like even with George Clinton and Parliament Funkadelic, a, a lot of we talked about how a lot of hip-hop artists sample their work, or George Clinton's works in particular for their beats, etc., but they don't have to pay for it. And even if they do have to pay for it, the money doesn't necessarily always go to him, etc. So, you know, that that's sad that such artists, such important and influential artists, might be struggling to gain 100% control. Mm. So, um, you know, it's about building a strong legacy, and this is something that Prince spoke about, and he said that building a strong legacy is, is imperative and... And creating a stable foundation is important. He did actually quote Hendrix and and said something along the lines of, you know, just look at Hendrix. He's been gone for, you know, 30 or 40 years or so, and but his estate is intact and his family controls the legacy. You know, they have all the master tapes. They have access to all the material and they manage it as it's supposed to be managed. It's in good hands. And that's important. I find that interesting that he's, he's talking
5: about that kind of stuff so it's, he's obviously it's obviously on his mind, his own career is at that stage where he's probably on this, this the second half, so to speak mm. of his career so it's interesting that he, you know that's it's prominent mm. in his mind he's not completely oblivious to it like a lot of us fans might think sometimes
2: and Prince already has a, a legacy behind him in any case, but but he's you're right, he's still building upon it. I think it would be very important to to make sure that that the parameters are intact and established
4: well, around it, that legacy. It, it,
2: yeah, it's good that the family's like in control of it, not some
3: like suit mm. that has you know you know Jimmy's master tapes and and they do what they want with it. It's it's about the family and what they do with it. Yeah, and the heritage and all that. Yeah. So, so did um, I'd like
5: then. to know did Prince um talk. Anything about his his legacy
1: in particular? Well, I I asked him about um, you know I said what the fans want or a lot of people want are uh, you know remasters of ah his you mentioned the remaster catalog of course I did that was interesting uh, so I asked him about that and he's and Prince's reply was that every time he goes to Warner Brothers to talk about it he talks to whoever the you know the president is that week.
4: <laughs> and
1: they have a, they have a few talks and then he comes back, you know, a few months later, and someone else is there, and he starts all over again. Hmm. And he's like, you know, what's the point? You never he never gets anywhere because every time he goes back, there's, there's someone else to talk to.
5: But um, surely he he's uh, starting to regain control of some of his albums. Possibly, I don't know. Yes, yes. Well, <laughs> go ahead,
2: Captain.
1: He said. Because I, I was asking him about remasters and he said now he owns For You, he owns Prince, the album, and he's just got Dirty Mind I think this year is the 30th year. Yeah, correct. And so no one else can ever release those albums again. And under I under any circumstance, yeah. I saw a thread on the org just a day or two ago. It says, well, why can't I buy For You in the store anymore? I can't find it anywhere. Uh, is that You're why? not going to find it anymore.
3: Ah, well, because until it gets re-released as like a remaster or Warner something. Brothers
1: can never print it again. If it ever yeah. comes out, it's going to be released by Prince or yeah. whatever deal he does in the future with someone. Yeah. So there, I answered your question, mysterious org person, whoever you so, are. So
3: it's, it's a 30-year gap?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's 30 years because he said yeah. he just got Dirty Mind this year. He said he has remastered already himself the first six albums, Wow. which is For You, Prince, Dirty Mind... Controversy, 1999, Purple Rain, is that
3: right? Yep, that's correct. Well, there's a lot of debate about that online because uh, people speculate that the tapes would be so brittle that if if you try to put the original tapes into a machine to remaster, they would disintegrate. Look, that's a that's a sentiment online. I, I, per- I personally don't believe that, but that's a that's a, a sentiment that really floats around online.
2: What, whatever the sentiments out are out there. <laughs>
1: Yeah this we, is from his mouth.
2: <laughs> yeah or all, all, all we can say is that the first six albums have been fully remastered and are basically sitting there waiting to be listened to. They may never be released but hmm. they are done.
1: But but they're done.
2: <laughs> so um that's uh, that's that's, that's, that's a that, that's a major thing to mention. Um, that's 100% confirmed. So um yeah. you know uh, and and if you look, just look at the date, you know, 2014. At some point during that year, um, he will receive full ownership Purple of Purple Rain. Rain. That's only, that's less than four years away, considering when Purple Rain was released. So that's what you're waiting for.
1: Hopefully, something will happen in 2014. Hmm. Well deserved. Um, yeah. And yeah, exactly. he mentioned also that all his recordings up to I think 87, 88. They've got no bottom end on them, and he we did, all agreed.
2: Yeah, he did say that. Yeah, <laughs> he just I think that was out of the blue. He just basically said, you know, everything up to eighty-seven, yeah. eighty-eight is like no bottom, no bass. It's just all kind of thin, and and you're right. And we now you
1: can do it on the computer. You just push a button, and it's done. There's bass.
2: That that was definitely a wow moment. I couldn't believe he was talking about the the uh, audio quality and f- fidelity of those recordings. But but then again, obviously, this is something that he thinks about. Um but but the one thing that I was thinking about was like, oh man, imagine hearing <laughs> sign of the times and and um love sexy specifically with proper low end. Oh. i my mind almost exploded on the spot. <laughs> I was like I was thinking to myself, I've got to get a copy of that. And um I think I actually um might have mentioned something about oh, how cool it would it be to hear that, you know? And and um, from memory, he said something along the lines of, "Well, you know, I could show you, or I could play it to you, but I'd have to kill you." <laughs> and uh, and 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 I, and I said, uh, "Well, you know, it, that might be worth it." Uh, to which he replied with the famous line, "NASA, show him the gun." <laughs> And we all absolutely pissed ourselves laughing. It was obviously <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was it was definitely a, a highlight of the night. Um, so, who knows? Deadpan. We might be able to hear...
1: And, total dead Total
2: deadpan. NASA, show him the gun. NASA. NASA opens up his jacket. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh, no, what have we, what have we got to get ourselves into here? Um, and Stephen Hill was cracking up. And then he said something... Stephen actually mentioned something about, like, oh, what about a door? And Prince says, "Oh man, you haven't even heard a door." And Stephen says, "What do you mean? What are you talking about?" He goes, "Well, that's not even the full version on the album." And Stephen yes, absolutely lost it. Stephen just Stephen almost fell off his seat. Right? Stephen, and,
1: Stephen Hill loves a door. We should mention it's uh, like yeah, his favorite song. Ever.
2: It's his favorite song. I think favorite Prince song. It seems to be. So when Stephen heard that, he's just looking. He looked at Prince. Looked at us. And I'm looking at Stephen, going, "Oh man, I could I could just imagine <laughs> what would happen if you actually heard that." The copy of that, <laughs> but then I'm thinking, full version of a door. What? <laughs> How long does that thing go for? And with bottom end as well? Um, well.
3: That would that would kind of make sense. I mean, like Crystal Ball was originally three albums, and then it got cut down to two because yeah. of the time. So probably yeah. for,
1: for bit of for, editing.
3: Yeah, like it it would have to, to just to fit it in there.
1: Because yeah, on the album version, it's
5: already,
3: like it's pretty long. It's like
2: from memory, like six minutes or something. So. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. But you know, anymore. yeah. Well, when you think about "Adore," the version on "Son of the Times," don't you kind of get the impression that it's very well edited? Because there are definitely phases within that song. Yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, you, you could pick up on edit points in it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. yeah that
2: would make. So sense. so uh, yeah, we don't know how long the the um, original version is and all that kind of good stuff. But um, supposedly but that also exists and. um... Yeah, I had to decide between my mortality and uh, listening to that. And uh, I'm still here, so you know what the answer is. But, um... so that was Anyway, remasters.
1: Oh, okay. no' now still, on, still on remasters, I asked him, you know, when are you going to release them? I mean, it's yeah. all fine that they're done and remastered, yeah. what but you're not going to hear mm, them. I, who I cares? Be, you,
3: you didn't get a straight answer.
1: I didn't. At that point, I sort of realized where I was and who I was talking to, and I really <laughs> didn't hear what he said. <laughs> But yeah, he said something like, um, "You know, why, why to release it, or you know, how, how would I release it?" I can't even remember what he said. I remember he asked me, "You know, what, what would I do?" And I'm like, "I don't know. <laughs> I just had no idea."
2: What you should have said was, "Well." As of the 1st of January next year, I would re-release Love, Sexy, and Sign of the Times completely remastered with the full versions of all of her songs. <laughs> that's what I would do.
5: And I'd send a preview copy to the Peach and
2: Black to review on the show. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, it,
1: yeah. So, yeah, didn't, didn't get an answer if or when that's going to happen, but they're done. Yeah. They're, re- they're remastered. They're, they're sitting on the shelf.
2: Don't say we didn't ask. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Another thing we didn't talk about is that, obviously, if the first six are done, you'd think they wouldn't rest on their laurels, and as time goes by, they would continue working on more. So, potentially by 2014, and this is a complete guess on the part of MC here, but com- potentially by 2014, you might have another five or six albums remastered by then, you know, by the time yeah. Prince finally re-owns Purple Rain. I mean, you're looking at a good portion until 1990. I, I, I for one, know a know few fans that would be salivating at the um, <laughs> at the thought. Stephen Hill. <laughs>
3: um.
5: No,
1: um...
3: Did you guys ask me about any other unreleased projects? Yeah, what's uh, with this
1: 20, 2010
3: Deluxe thing?
1: Well... Deluxe we, edition, yes. yeah. Yeah, we, we did out?
2: speak about that. Captain, what did you say on that?
1: I said, 2010 Deluxe Edition, what's on it?
2: <laughs> Straight That's to exactly the point. That's what I said. Straight to the point. I I around.
1: So I said, Rich Friends is on there, what else? And he's like, well... You know, Lay Down goes for about seven or eight minutes. Uh, Laveau. Ah, Laveau Jaw
2: dropped. I was thinking, wow, amazing. Which, in our 2010 review, we always
3: speculated that it must go longer. Yeah. Yeah. Laveau, what was that? That's what I said.
1: said. When when he said Lay Down, like, full version, I'm like, I knew it. I knew that song was edited. We said it in the show. (laughs) I just think I just went, oh,
2: yes. (laughs) Laveau "Laveau goes for days and days and just keeps going on and on.
1: One of us said, you know, all the songs on that, on that album are really short, and he goes, yeah, I did it like that, but now you're going to get the full versions or something like that.
4: Mm.
2: Kind of like getting a 12-inch, so. you know, of, of, the, of the album version. That would be really cool. So the released version of
3: 2010, each track is a shortened or an edited version of the actual songs. Not
2: necessarily, but some tracks Not are all definitely. all the tracks, some. Yeah, okay. some are. Uh, in particular, uh, Laveau... In particular, lay down. lay down, and potentially some of the other ones we can all guess and assume about. Maybe sticky. Any actual release date? Is it definitely coming out?
4: Well, we oh, can't. We can't.
2: I, we we can't, we, I tell you, <laughs> but I'd have to kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, no definite release date, but it's coming out. That's for sure. You think being a, an album called Twenty Ten,
3: it'd be sometime this year. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <do you> think <laughs> like, just in terms of relevance.
1: I think it's going to come out with the Welcome to America dates, possibly.
2: Considering that, that it, hasn't been, it hasn't been released in the US, 2010, the album that is. So. Ah, well, let's yeah. see. Make that makes would... sense. No word specifically whether the extended edition is a two-disc edition or one-disc edition. that's just extended. We don't know. But, uh, with all the bonus
3: the... Montre DVD, maybe?
2: Well, on the topic of the Montre DVD...
3: <laughs> it had to be mentioned.
2: <laughs> it had to happen, didn't it? Yeah. Um You guys know, the Peach and Black listeners know that MC would not have been in New York and had the opportunity to speak to Prince himself and not mention the Montreux DVD and being at the shows, etc. He he saw it coming. Um, (laughs) Exactly. Look, I spoke to him about that. Uh, I'm not going to get into all the details on air. Uh, But basically, um, (laughs) let me put it this way. There is no current mechanism to release the Montreux DVD, at present. You won't find it on your shelves in the next few months. I can't say any any more than that. Maybe in the future, who knows. But this is straight from me. Uh, This isn't an official statement by Prince or anything like that. Uh, Look, I told them that the shows were brilliant, um, and that they were eclectic and unique, and the set lists were specifically uh, unique and and kind of tailored to that show and, and... he explained that, that that was the very purpose, you know, that Montreux is a great festival and a great place. And Claude Nobs, he mentioned Claude Nobs with with a glowing review, but you know, a lot of things would have to come together for for a Montreux DVD release to occur. So, um, you know, fingers crossed. But I wouldn't lose any sleep over it, guys, out there in cyber cyberspace. So, let's put Montreux to to bed for now. I would suggest.
1: Didn't he say something about the set list?
2: Yeah the 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 conversation about setlist was interesting we we sp- or he spoke a little bit about um setlists nothing too specific but just that you know that the the context of a show and the context behind any sort of gig is important uh and in, in summary i'll say that setlists seem to be directed by the audience so in other words setlists are formed based on the people at the shows who's at the shows how many people are coming to the shows what sort of crowds they are whether it's a festival show whether it's a, a residency etc etc you guys get the drift right so and that makes perfect sense but in the context of Montreux you know it's it's a it's a very um uh, historic venue idyllic location and um kind of an exclusive a class festival where uh, the, 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 the audience is, is a particularly uh, music-loving audience, uh, a fascinated audience that really takes everything with an open mind and just accepts whatever they hear. They don't necessarily go there to hear specific things, very kind of casual atmosphere. But really, the thing about set lists led into a conversation about the music industry as a whole, and live performance, and that... The You know, the audiences really have a, a tremendous amount of power because they vote with their feet. And that's undeniable. I think we could all agree with that. Um, now, there's also other factors come into play, whether it's promoters, whether it's the media, whether it's the artists themselves, etc., etc. You know, social mood, blah, blah, blah. We could go on forever. All those things need to be taken into account. And we spoke about... Um, the fact that you know a, mu- mu- a musical director is as important to a show as as anything as anything else, really. You know, as the set list, as the artist. Stephen Hill made an interesting comment. He said that you know going on the road is is one of the most bankable um, parts for an artist to 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 be a part of, even to this day. You know, playing live. Um, Prince seemed to, if Captain, correct me if I'm wrong, but Prince replied by saying that it wasn't. Necessarily, always that way. Yeah,
1: he said. He said not always.
2: Yeah, he said. He said, yeah, that seems to be the case, but it isn't always that way, and it hasn't. It's not necessarily the case for every touring act, but it's a big deal. He did mention Asha, who, who obviously we know commands a fairly, you know, large audience, R and B audience. Mm, for I think the, most this, part. the biggest R and B artist at the moment is he? Yeah, he would be, wouldn't he? I mean, in the U S. At least,
1: oh, he's huge in America. Mm. Mm. Well, he's big here too. I mean, he's coming here. I think next year.
2: Next year. Mm. And and we should mention. Um, you know, Prince did mention that he, that he was definitely a uh, an appreciator of Usher's talent, and did mention that he was talented and um, that he was doing very well, especially at the moment in the U.S. with his new album release. Um, yes, yeah, so, so that was fairly interesting. Uh, Prince mentioned Mary J. Blige. she actually ended up seeing her in concert a couple of nights before we met and said that she was great as always and that, you know, basically Mary can do anything she likes, she always knocks it out of the park and... Mary J. is great. A
3: lot of her material is about like her trials and tribulations, so like mm. she really pours her heart into it, like it's not like a song that someone else has written for her and she's just singing it for the hell of it. I mean, she she really, you know, relates, the songs that she puts out, you know, she has a lot of she relates to them and yeah, that's all. The passion comes out.
2: She doesn't seem to gloss over her emotions. No, no. no um, no. actually, Prince himself said, you know, she, Mary just sings about what happened to her that day. You know, yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's that's Mary. Yeah. It's like, yeah, so it makes it makes a lot of sense. Um, so uh, again, uh, I know we're talking a lot about other artists and, and about the music industry, but I, I think I, from memory, I happen to mention, um, an Australian artist or an artist that grew up and was based in Australia for the longest time. Tal. Yeah, Tal Wilkenfeld, ex-bass player with uh, Jeff Beck and many other people. We love Tal on this show. We yeah, do, yeah. definitely. We should get her on the show one day, definitely, to yeah, talk definitely. about things. Good. That'd be good. cool. Um, well, I think she's in LA at the moment, but she should be coming back to Australia, hopefully. Um, she got a broken leg, is that right? At some point. A uh, broken foot, I believe, but it's it's healing up, so, um, awesome. or has healed up. We hope so. Fingers crossed. How you get well soon? Get yeah, well, you tell. Already. <laughs> um, luckily, didn't fall on the hand or the wrist, so yeah. you can still slap that bass. <laughs> so yeah, that'd be great. But but I did mention tell tell to Prince, and you know he looked at me as if it was like, uh, you know, the, the most natural thing to talk about. So he obviously knows about him. Uh, and you know, I mentioned that I first personally became aware of her through Jeff Beck, and she was his bass player for a little while and I caught some of those shows I think all of us are now familiar with her to some degree Um, as is Prince um, he's jammed with her she's recorded with him and another big piece of information from the Peach and Black podcast Tal Wilkenfeld plays on the yet-to-be-released future album by Prince,
1: along with
2: drummer extraordinaire pounding on the skins, Chris Coleman. So, uh, Tal Wilkenfeld and Christopher Coleman—what a what a rhythm section that is—are on the new album to be released at some point. At this stage, all we can say is 2011. Keep your fingers crossed. Or well, no further details to be announced at this time.
5: To say whether or not
2: it's released, it's just
5: a really intriguing prospect. Prince, Tal Wilkenfeld, and Chris Coleman—just
2: like wow. Yeah, that. That takes me back to um, mid '90s NPG era. It's just and just... Like, to me, it's like three <laughs>
5: completely different style players. Like you know, Tal's really that uh, weather report influence, Jaco kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, Chris Coleman's just powerhouse, but like subtle powerhouse. Uh, and then you got Prince with the funky thing. It's just to me, it just seems like three really different artists coming together. So that is a very
1: tantalizing
5: project, I think.
2: Yeah, it's, it does sound very intriguing, doesn't it? You, you, and you wonder... Talking about
1: weather report.
2: <laughs> oh, well, actually, yeah. I, I was just going to so quickly... He said,
1: he said something.
2: Well, I was just going to quickly, before we get into that, just close on, on, on the Power Trio element, you know? Can you guys imagine the the new NPG Power Trio? Just the three of them just Ooh. jamming, you know? And, and the Undertaker <laughs> returns, wow. Anyway, um, <laughs> so yeah, weather report did come up in the conversation. Prince basically spoke about how great towel is. And tell if you're listening, you're getting mad props from some of the most important musicians of the 20th and 21st century, which you probably already know, but we'll just point out once again. Um, she's like, and... what again? <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm sick and tired. Just let me work on my second album. Um, so uh, back to Tao. Prince basically said she's she's amazing, um, and and the next step is really just to continue growing and evolving, which is what she's doing and going into all sorts of directions, or, you know, if she doesn't feel like that, playing a band like Weather Report or something, you know, just as if it's the most natural thing to do. So, um,
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that, that was interesting. Um, maybe Tal, Tal yeah. maybe you can uh, convince him to come back and do some shows in Sydney. Yeah, the twins <laughs> couldn't do
5: it, so you're our last chance. <laughs> 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 uh,
2: when we were talking about the, um, you know, the Tal Wilkenfeld and Christopher Coleman project, so to speak. What did he say? He mentioned something about
1: He said, I've got it in the car, you can come and listen to it if you want. And we're just like, yeah, yeah, later, whatever.
5: <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, nice, nice <laughs> one, boys. We send you over there. Jeez.
1: <laughs> we're kind
2: of busy right now, right? <laughs> I'm trying to finish my water.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, he he offered, and we just went there. Uh, well, I have really, to say, okay? I
2: have to, I have to say that I didn't know what to say, like, you know, Prince mentions that he's got an album in the limo, ready to for us to listen to, and I'm thinking, okay, this isn't really happening. <laughs>
4: yeah, obviously.
2: Yeah, I think we just thought. Oh that yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I was yeah, exactly. I thought, well, oh no, no, chance. But um, well, next time we'll take you up on that offer, Mr. Nelson. After talking about the the um a few future releases, Prince then spoke a little bit more about his.
1: Masters.
2: His masters and 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 his uh, contract it's with regards to rec- his recordings, etc., and and why they are so important. And he's spoken about this before, but a couple of things that he mentioned to to us that uh, you know we weren't in the know about were that in his contract it actually referred to his music as master and slave recordings, and that may be the standard within the industry or was at that stage. But again, those exact words appear and. It does sound strange if you think of the the literal interpretations of those words, which I think is what he was getting at. Uh, Cap, you you replied to that, didn't you, when he was talking about master and slave well, yeah. recordings? You said,
1: I said it doesn't refer to people, obviously. It's about the music. And yeah, and he said, oh, there's there's no difference. There's no difference between the two. It's the same thing. Yeah, which was interesting. <laughs> but I can see where he's coming from. I mean. Yeah in in Australia we don't have that history that you know they do in America with that whole situation so i can see how he would see it i don't
2: want to put words in prince's mouth but maybe one perspective is that the the work of one individual um it's hard to distinguish you know the output of a person and and the person themselves uh, then i i replied something along the lines of look from a fan's point of view um, you should understand that the only thing that really matters to us is the music you know the songs themselves and how they make us feel and I, I'm not sure yeah, that we I, don't get
1: involved in all the you know the politics and everything we, stuff yeah, and...
2: we're not the artist we're the audience the audience keeps the artist in business etc that's the point I'm trying to make um and he' no, then, we keep the record industry well in <laughs> we, we, exactly, but he he replied by saying something like you know it's all relative because when you think about it, who should own the work and obviously, I think we'd all agree that the artist should own what the artist produces exactly. as opposed to anyone else absolutely um and I think that's the whole point he was trying to to get across and and we spoke a little bit about how it wasn't happening and how individuals really don't have power anymore and large groups do especially within America but all around the world and et cetera, et cetera. He, he, Prince did mention a funny story about um, P. Diddy who he, who he referred to as Puffy. So big ups to Puffy <laughs> from the P. G. Oh, he's on first name Podcast. basis <laughs> But um, basically he said that he couldn't believe how quickly he multitasks on his phone every time he meets him, and that was hilarious. It was like, you know, he's multitasking on his phone with his left hand, sipping a cocktail with his right hand, maintaining eye contact with Prince, with his eyes, and, you know, saying saying stuff to Prince like, oh man, Prince, I just booked tickets for Mary J. Blige, I made another million dollars, and I booked a holiday, what have you done? And uh, <laughs> Prince just absolutely cracked up himself, <laughs> and he said, you know, well, I can't compete with that, what am I supposed to do? You know, I'm just trying to, you know, I think I think basically Prince is talking about the music, and and um, Puffy's talking about you know <laughs> <laughs> making business deals while he's on a holiday, kind of. So that was that was interesting. We should point out that uh, Mr. B.E.T. himself um, was uh, also uh, talking a little bit about the latest technology and and how to keep up to date uh, in the industry. So you know that that. that that element shouldn't shouldn't go astray, but we won't go. We won't talk about the technology too, you know, the technological side of the music industry too much. Very interesting,
5: though, that um, Prince continues to talk about, you know, artist rights and uh, and uh, you know his his contracts in the past and you know who owns the recordings. It's it's obviously still something very dear to him that you know he feels that he needs to educate the people about the industry. I think. Yeah. Well, I have I got another question for you about this uh, little meeting at this mm-hmm. lounge table, by the sound of things. <laughs> Did at any point Prince uh, pull out a napkin uh, and curiously write down the letters uh, W-R-E-K-A-S-T-O-W? <laughs> Did he ever <laughs> hold it up to your face with a curious
2: look? No. no. So the rumours aren't true? No, no, no. no. Oh, so true, so. no, no, no. Yeah, none of that happened. None of that happened. I, I At one point, <laughs> I thought he was going to actually... Take out a napkin and write the word B O T L E G question mark, but we were gone by then. So um, yeah, we know nothing about that 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 white label remix of Erotic City that was played after he left. So, so Captain, we we have to mention. So please forgive us, listeners, but we have to mention a, a controversial moment in the. In the conversation between Prince, <laughs> uh, I think it's fair to say it was controversial. No, no. When when NASA NASA actually joined the conversation, he started raising some very interesting points about um, American history.
1: I think this you know, came after like the the master and slave. Yeah recording he was talking like about and
2: then... sla- slaves and slavery and, and the history within within the US and we, we should point out up front to all of our listeners and we know that people all around the world listen to this but specifically our um, uh, American audience that we, we do have some sort of understanding about American history um, but it's not to the level that that American listeners you know would appreciate um, so we we were we were learning really, on the spot, when you know, NASA was telling us about because, a few things. Because
1: NASA, NASA brought up, uh, I think it was something about the Jim Crow Treaty, and I think you and me sort of looked a bit puzzled, because we don't know exactly what that is. And Prince said, do you know about that?
2: Well, yeah. He, and we he, sort
1: of just said, no. Yeah, he did. <laughs> Not he, really.
2: I, I had no idea. I I, I I had heard the word Jim Crow, or words Jim Crow, somewhere. I didn't know that it was a treaty, or a charter, or a started explaining to us what it was all about and I was sitting there obviously listening and and learning about American history captain take it away
1: yeah after maybe uh, probably 30 seconds of NASA explaining you know what this was all about i just had this flash in my brain from a song a prince song uh there my was a rap prince. by a rap by tony m and he says
2: Wait, 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 just before you say this light, I do have to point out that NASA is ex- talking to us about slavery very serious. and Jim Crow, Jim Crow laws and, and very serious topics. Segregation. And segregation racial, and,
1: Yeah, racial issues. A very serious thing.
2: We would ordinarily take seriously and did. you know, Stephen Hill's sitting there, Prince is looking attentively, and uh, all very of a sudden, out of the blue... Captain remembers I, where he heard the words Jim Crow.
1: Jim Crow. I point at Prince and at the same time as I point at Prince I pretty much shout Tony M put his foot in his ass. <laughs> 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 oh, you
4: remember no. my name is
1: You remember the my name is Prince Rap. Tony M says Tony M says I put my foot in the ass of Jim Crow and Something else, I can't remember what, the and whole I'm, thing. And
2: I'm sitting there, and like I'm thinking... Everyone sort of brilliant. looks... <laughs> <laughs> I can <laughs> just imagine. <laughs> oh, man, you could Everyone just the... sort
1: of looks around, like stunned, like, what?
2: Calcutta was playing some <laughs> tunes in all. the background, but it sounded like it was just silent. Like, you could cut the air with a knife <laughs> for about a five-second time frame. It felt like five hours. I'm sitting there thinking... What,
1: this is what? it. First He's going to leave. Well,
2: first of all, I couldn't remember the line. I'm thinking, what? Where have I heard that before? And it wasn't until we got back to Australia after our um, our trip that that I figured out where it was from. But I was sitting there <laughs> during the conversation, and I looked over at Prince, and he 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 was looking like he had that NASA go get the gun look. Show him the gun, kind of you know, uh, mood. And I'm thinking, what, what did he just say? And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden they changed topics and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe he
1: just said that. First of all, that I brought up Tony M. Yeah, I
2: mean, he, he hasn't heard that name in like 17 years or something. And uh, and then the, um, oh yeah, he put his foot in his ass. Oh God. <laughs> and I'm 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 thinking, uh-oh.
1: So first of all, I brought I'm, up Tony M.
2: Are they gonna I sh- said
1: ass in front of Prince.
2: Yeah, we're technically cussing. <laughs>
1: well, yeah. I, I was quoting directly from a Prince song. It's not like I, you know. <laughs> it was his song. It's his yeah. line. Or Tony M's line. Um, but that was, my, that was my only point of reference. It's the yeah, only time sh- that I, in we- my brain... That I've heard of Jim Crow, was Tony M saying he's going to put his foot in his ass, and that's the so
2: thing. that's we, what I said. <laughs> exactly. We didn't. We didn't have the understanding, uh, have too much of an understanding about what we were talking about. But then Captain yells out this line, like as he's just explained. And I mean, on the way back home, we were thinking, "Oh no, what have we? What have we said?" But you know, it, it, it was just one of those moments that you just can't account for. <laughs> there's, there's no. There's no accounting for a random remarks like that but it happened and it's not a big deal because it wasn't met you know met with any kind of um uh, harm or in you know bad intention so uh you know that's basically it there was we didn't think too much too much of it but it's absolutely hilarious to think that (laughs) that was mentioned um (laughs) captain does it again (laughs) exactly captain strikes
4: I couldn't
1: leave a meeting with Prince without bringing up Tony M. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I couldn't do it. It so, had to be said.
2: So that was basically it. And we thought, oh, all right, meeting's over, right? <laughs> we left Lex Bar and we went on to another place to check out some live live music. We went to see a band. What are they called?
1: Lenard's Many Moods.
2: Yeah. And where was at this group? Yeah, so this was at the Groove, um, uh, only a few minutes' drive from Lex Bar, and this band was really tight, and, and funny too. funky. Yeah.
1: They were funny and funky.
2: Really cool stuff. In fact, the the, the bass player, I believe his first name is Linard, or Linard, um, really jamming on the bass. Ridiculous slap technique, but he was just playing all sorts of styles. It was really, really amazing. and and what, they played their own
1: material or covers. Or? They played
2: mainly. They, they played mainly covers that night, but they they also did kind of you know impromptu type stuff. At one point, Linard or Lynard gets up on on a table and just starts doing an improv bass solo for about five minutes in front of everyone, and it was it was awesome. It was awesome. That was good. Yeah, it was really good. The, the drummer was oh, had had mad chops. Um, everyone was great. Everyone was awesome. What about the lead singer? Tell yeah. me about that, Captain. <laughs>
1: it was mostly like i think 70s covers yeah and and kind of and kind of early 90s new so- jack
2: swing some of the new jack stuff came out
1: yeah yeah but like pr- at least half the songs i hadn't heard before i'm sorry yeah. did but they play uh,
5: any um, they play any prince
1: they played i think they played a bit of pretty man
2: they played pretty, pretty man. man they did a version of pretty man yeah yeah oh, i have to i have yeah. to ask what prince's reaction was to that <laughs> we'll at, never know well
1: or <laughs> well, some of the dance moves that the the guys were doing were pretty hilarious.
2: Yeah, I mean, at one point they did, did Prince, splits in midair yeah. or something.
1: He was doing so, the splits and Prince was just cracking up sometimes. <laughs> some of the things they were doing up there. Oh, Stephen Hill. Oh, his Ste- Stephen Hill's dancing.
2: Stephen Hill was grooving <laughs> in the groove the whole time. <laughs> we were just cackling. That was,
1: that was hilarious.
2: He was loving it. He danced all the way back to the hotel. <laughs> uh, so that was great. And yeah, they're a great, great, great band. Um, just like a great jam band, you know, a kind of. Actually, one the more I think of it, they, they'd be they'd be a perfect opening act for um for maybe one of the acts at the Welcome to America tours, or even potentially for Prince and the MPG. Just to kind of like they they could really set the mood. Part, and the part on the pun on there on the band's title. Well, maybe our listeners cool. can
3: can check them out online and get back to us.
2: Yeah, for sure. I think the uh, the actual official website address is www L-I-N-A-R-D-S many moods.com We'll, we'll post. <clears throat> uh, and that was great. Uh, we, I mean, we didn't really talk too much there at the club, but it, it, it's probably like half the... It was the too sp- funky. Oh, it was way too funky. It was smoking in there too. And um, we just had a, a couple of waters and, and chilled and listened to this band Groove. But the club, for, for anyone who knows the basement in at, in Sydney, this, this place, the stage was probably like Half as big as the basement. Half that size, and the and yeah. the entire place was like half the size of the basement or less. Probably like a third actually. <laughs> so this is it was tiny, uh, but great atmosphere. Uh, they had really nice murals on 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 the walls on the side, and they actually had a, a, a um an artsy picture of Prince.
1: Yeah, like, new to a flo- long flowing hair.
2: Yeah, 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 and they had a lot of you know all tell the tell all me the me greats. Master. All the greats: Hendrix, Marvin Gaye, Stevie Wonder. Everyone, everyone was up there. We can't, we can't not mention Captain. <laughs>
1: uh, is this the, the the Bucket Fiasco? This is the Bucket Fiasco. As we've
2: the, to... this, this, this is the Bucket Fiasco as we've named as ourselves.
1: The, will forever be known.
2: <laughs> yeah, we we feel terrible. We, we, we felt terrible all the way to the hotel and all the way back to Sydney, thinking about this. But um, if if you, if you let us explain, but very, it was
1: such a. <laughs> it was such a bizarre thing to it was to ask, anyway
2: yeah anyway like, so
1: we've been there we'd been there probably 45 50 minutes and mm. then like in the middle of a song i don't know if it was a singer or one of the guys came out like to the tables with this big bucket yeah and i'm like what's this
2: they're basically like, just pa- passing the bucket <laughs> around and it be- soon became apparent that people were just you know throwing some change a few do- dollar bills here or there etc etc yeah oh, it was great like- 24piece bucket <laughs> <laughs> secret herbs and spices
1: but it was such a you know I've never seen I mean it was like buskers or something like passing the, the hat to, to get some money I've never seen that in like in that in a venue
2: yeah I've, I mean, I've, I've put, never did, I've, I've never did, seen that the
1: street.
3: yeah I've never I've seen never, that I've never heard of that what like passing the plate at church yeah pretty much yeah, yeah.
2: but in yeah. a venue exactly but but in, in what, the what venue? are they hang on then, what are they collecting for yeah well, i mean I, I don't want to sound ignorant or naive here, but I'm assuming like maybe this
1: was, is a common thing
2: maybe it's a co- i i've never seen, heard of this before and in i've never seen it in sydney or, or anywhere else um but i mean it was a really small place so you'd assume they were collecting for the band but uh, we weren't sure but it, i mean that was so like
3: the the cover charge like the money that money goes to the actual venue and then the bucket that goes around goes to the band or whatever
1: uh possibly
2: maybe. Possible, I don't know. You know in Australia, we just the venue
1: pays the pays the artist. <clears throat>
4: and yeah, that's right. It was.
1: We didn't really realize what was happening until it was over. But it was just such a weird thing because we've never seen that before.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say. Even more what? to the point, it wasn't so much about what the bucket was was being passed around for, but what happened next. So l- explain the bucket fiasco, well, Captain.
1: The bu- the bucket came came. Stephen Hills in front of me. He put in whatever he put in then he came past Stephen, and then he turned to the table behind us and they put some money in and I knew for a fact and I think you did too we only had like i think 100 dollar notes in yeah. our wallet cuz that's what we got from the from the exchange currency exchange yeah and I'm like I know I've only got 100 I'm not going to I can't put like in 5 bucks I'm not going to put in 100 and take out 90 something change <laughs> and look like an idiot <laughs> so I so I just thought I just won't do anything I'll yeah. just leave it. Oh, exactly. What can I,
2: do? I was in the same situation. I didn't have hundreds. I only had a hundred. I, I had one hundred dollar note. And I and I thought exactly the same thing. I thought, Well, this is all the money I've got left I'm leaving the next there, day. There in Australia. And and, and and for sure I thought we would have to, you know, pay buy a drink or something. I thought, I'll oh, I'll have change. I didn't have change. I only had a hundred. And um I thought exactly the same thing. I thought how embarrassing would it be to be seen putting money in, <laughs> <and> taking, <laughs> money, <laughs> taking money out. regardless, take some
1: change. Exactly,
2: regardless what the amount was, and then taking change. Like if, if if for example, it brings up all sorts of complications. It's like if someone doesn't see you putting the money in and only sees you taking the money out. It's like
5: looks like There's a
2: Seinfeld it, yeah moment, it's right a Seinfeld there. moment it looks like you're stealing from the bucket or from the band or whatever. I mean it was just ridiculous, and all this went through very quickly through both of our minds, obviously simultaneously <laughs> we only spoke about it before and we just couldn't stop laughing but we so but then passed, we but, you passed the bucket on no no, no, we didn't even touch the bucket. the bucket kind of came around us and
1: he, like we he carried it around.
2: Yeah, the guy carried it around, and then I think the dancers put a few dollars in, and everyone had change, and we, I just felt ridiculous. But then they they passed it to Prince and, and Prince and Nasser... Prince
1: put a a fair bit of money in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, they put a good wad and If the buck if the bucket was for the band, then I feel even worse that I didn't have anything smaller because yeah. they were so tight they deserved it. But at the end of the day, what can you do? We. We were in that position, and it happened quickly. And again, we didn't really have the means to to do it. At the end of the day, I could have thrown a hundred bucks in there, but then I wouldn't have enough for the cab ride to the <laughs> to the airport. Yeah, I, I was in like, yeah. when I was in the, I was in, the, in the states. Same thing, like coming from a
5: country where tipping is not really the Customary. custom yeah, yeah. We, don't, we don't tip in australia unless the service is yeah. exceptional yeah the venues pay a decent wage, so it's not really a custom for us to do that so when you go over to the states it's really awkward how much should i tip here you know it's just it's very confusing for a
1: non-tipper mm. and embarrassing
2: yeah so that was the i mean look maybe that maybe it wasn't an issue but we personally felt a little awkward about it afterwards because it.
1: it so anyway you know, if we if, if we offended anyone we apologize
2: yeah definitely
5: this so, is the part um, of the show where you guys apologise, isn't it? So. It is.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's our thought of the day. <laughs> Jerry's
2: Springer's last thought exactly. of the day. But <laughs> really, uh, you know, we've <laughs> we, we've made amends, and and uh, you know, I, I'm sure that Leonard's many moods will be happy knowing that um, they've got they've got a few new fans in Australia, and hopefully soon many more around the world after they hear the show. And after they hear what you're about to hear very shortly, which is a track off of the first Lionard's Many Moods album release, and uh, let us know what you think on the forums and on the boards, Uh, but it's a very funky track, so enjoy. Uh, But you know, we're we're picking up their albums uh, in any case, so (laughs) we just just thought we'd we'd mention the famous Bucket Fiasco for anyone interested in a bit of... Controversy, so to speak. So this Uh, has been playing on your mind. Well, it wasn't so much, but like right after it happened, it was
1: Mm. because like what just happened. Well,
2: (laughs) should we have done something? And then we both looked at each other, and I I was sure I had a hundred. I think Captain wasn't sure um, how many he had. (laughs) He had a few hundred. He's like, oh, I've only got a hundred. I I think
1: I had, I had two or three, but I had no, nothing smaller than that.
2: Yeah, I might have had a dime, but I wasn't going to put a dime in it. That would have looked ridiculous. Yeah, so we just thought we'd mention it, but it was.
1: Uh... I spent all my change in Burger King hours before. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then,
3: and then what happened? He
2: disappeared into the night. Pretty much, kind of like, um, like, like, like um... That's the story. And that's that's the story, basically. Yeah, uh, right. it was it was great. It was surreal, but it was real. But um, for everyone that's listening, I hope you guys really enjoyed. Um, you know, the, the, the story and in the backstage goss and some of the exclusive information. Um, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully the Welcome to America uh, information starts rolling in quickly. And uh, go to the shows because I can tell you from, from what we've heard and seen and been advised of, you guys are going to be in for a huge treat, uh, as you would expect, you know, having all those great artists on the bill and then, you know, finished off with it with a cherry on top, to say the least, with Prince in the MPG, in blistering form. I for one hope that he plays that uh Model C four string bass. Oh man, this just looks like a spaceship or something, so it looked yeah. amazing mm. on that poster, let me put it that way. Yeah, and when poster, you go, you're...
1: one of which one of which Stephen Hill now has <laughs>
3: <laughs> probably framed. But also, too, if you are going, you're supporting the Harlem Children's Zone, so it is a good time to go and exactly, yeah, and support it.
2: Yeah, give it up for live music and give it up for purple music as well. So it's been a little while since he's played in the US. Not as long as he as he's uh, left Australia behind, but that's okay. How many days is it? Oh, who knows. <laughs> more than seven. Many. It seems more than seventeen days. That much is for certain. Many, many days, but the opera house awaits. Can we just um, clarify as well for anyone listening? Now,
5: you guys didn't record this, obviously. This is totally your recollection of of the of the event, isn't it? So.
2: Yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm
5: I, I'm just setting the record straight because we don't want to put out any misinformation there in, in case. You know, we've interpreted things incorrectly, or I'm not saying you yeah. have, but um, well, we, we
2: but but we may have. You raise a, a very important point, which is um, we're relying on memory here. You know, we didn't have any notes, we didn't take any notes. You know, it's it's it was just a, a moment in time. So if we do get something a little bit wrong or out of context, then we we apologize sincerely. Uh, all we're trying to do is create an, an entertaining listen for the for for the audience, and hopefully they get something out of it. So, so, tell us, guys, why, why you were in New York.
3: We,
1: w- we went to see Tower of Power in New York okay. at BB uh, King's Bar and Grill. Okay. And that was a very funky, funky thing. They what played night was What this? Is Hit. I think it was the night before the press conference.
2: Soul Vaccination, you name it.
1: We played at least an hour. It was more than an hour, I think.
2: Was it like a, like a 90 minute show? How uh, was that? It was long, yeah. James Brown tribute. It was crazy.
1: Digging on James Brown.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. a Couple That's... of R.I. ballads too.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I think I, I think they finished they they finished with What is Hip, which was, was excellent. And then they came back and they did I think one more song after that. Yeah. But that was that was great. It was funky.
2: Giddy up giddy up. I oh, ho
3: silver. Awesome. So do we have any shout outs? <laughs> Alright. Shout outs, hit it up. Let's hear it.
1: So many people.
3: Shout out to uh,
1: Jennifer Misty. Misty Copeland and Jennifer, I don't know your last name, please let us know. (laughs) To Crystal at the Lex Bar, to Stephen Hill, to Nasser Metcalf, to DJ Calcutta. uh, To DJ Calcutta, yes, yes, yes. Who played uh, the the unedited version of Forget You by CeeLo Green? Jeez, I love that song. Play it all the time. Uh, To Mr.
2: Jeffrey Canada. And Jeffrey the Canada. waiting for Superman documentary and film. Yes. Harlem Children's Zone
1: to Kieran to Omar. Steve Herman to Cora, who we who we saw briefly. Shout out Steve, Steve Herman, Herman as yes. well, yeah, from to, um, uh, Live Nation.
2: David Garibaldi in Tower of Power. Yay! Shout what out. about Shelby?
1: Shout out to Shelby, who was sadly missing from those few yeah. days. Yeah, sorry
3: couldn't make it there and all the you will have to come to Australia shout out to Prince Community quick shout out to Amir thanks
2: Amir
1: Amir oh yeah
2: Amir Questlove we should probably highlight Twitter
1: thank you to everyone who listened to this show and our ramblings for the last
2: couple years (laughs) shout out to Live Nation in general shout out to Harlem and the Apollo Theatre shout out to Burger King shout Shout out to Inglewood (laughs)
1: Shout out to everyone who stood in the rain to get into that press conference. Shout out to Tony M.
2: Maybe not. <laughs> shout out to Tony M. Shout out to um, Meg and shout out to Mike's Meg. Hard Lemonade. The best lemonade oh, beer yeah. you'll ever taste. Shout out to Bibi King and his club.
1: Shout out to the taxi driver who said, You've got to give me a 20% tip. That's normal here in New York. <laughs>
2: Shout out to the fruit man on the corner of...
1: Oh, 63rd and Broadway. That fruit guy who's been there every day for how many years? I don't know. Um, shout out to Tim Hortons. Lovely, lovely coffee. Um, shout out
2: to Vodafone Australia for making my global roaming uh, kick in and begin work working at the, at the most important time.
1: Um, and I think finally we should do a shout out to Prince.
2: Shout out to Tal okay. Wilkenfeld and Christopher Coleman. And Linard. Shout out to Linard and, many, and his many moods. Linard's
1: many moods.
2: <laughs> his ever-changing moods. Ladies and gentlemen, put your hands together for Linard on the Big Rock.
1: He's moves.
2: It's ever changing.
0: time now you've had in mind what you're trying to find I said that was fine